0: You're listening to Right Where You Are, hosted by New York Times bestselling author, creator, and speaker, Jason Wright. With inspiring guest interviews and Jason's unique lens on life, this is the place to see the good in the world, to lift and be lifted, no matter your starting point, to make a difference that matters. And we'll do it all together, right where you are.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Jason Wright and welcome the debut of Right Where You Are. Our first guest is the reason that I can pretty much do anything in my life. And I knew that I wanted her to be my first guest from the very first day that I considered a podcast, which was probably three years ago. Her name is Cody Erickson Wright, and she just happens to be my wife and my much, 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 one more, much better half. Cody Wright, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here as your much, much, much better half.
1: I don't know if I agree with that, but... Well, our listeners will agree by the end of this interview. I can assure you that. (laughs) So we got to start with your birthday, right? I mean, happy 50th birthday. 50 years old. How do you feel?
2: Uh, well, I don't feel 50, so that's a plus.
1: Well, you don't look 50 either, if you know what I mean.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I see 50 when I look in the mirror, but I don't feel 50, so that's good.
1: Well, you don't look 50 to me or anyone else who knows you, but I think it would be interesting for maybe for our listeners who have been following our family on social media for so long, or have read the countless articles, columns, pieces I've written about our family, and specifically many times that I've written just about you. It might be interesting for them to hear your perspective on on how we met, how this whole journey kind of started. Uh, what do you say when someone just says, "So, how'd you meet that crazy guy?" What do you say?
2: I mean, I really can only start where it began, which was I believe you came to my apartment to take my roommate out for a date is probably the first time we actually met. And then several dates with her later and several conversations. I think we decided that maybe we wanted to see if there was something that would develop into something more than just the friendship we currently had at that time.
1: Yeah. So I know I've told you this and I've told the kids this, um, but this will probably be news to people listening. I remember the moment that I first saw you standing uh, near the front door, um, sort of at the top of that long hallway at that uh, apartment you lived in in Provo, Utah, not far from, from BYU's campus. And you were walking from one side of the hallway to the other. I don't remember what room that was at the back left, but you walked from a room at the back left across the hallway to the right, And you're wearing jeans and cowboy boots. I do remember that. And I just remember stopping and sort of double taking and then triple taking and then quadruple taking. And I I knew then, it wouldn't be fair to say I knew then that, you know, 30 years later would be married with four kids and having a podcast interview. But I did know then that you were going to become an important part of my life and that there was something... Something I needed to know about you and, you know, over, as you just said, over the days and weeks that followed that something else I needed to know about you is that you were the one that I was supposed to marry and, and try to convince to go on this wild journey with me.
2: Well, I'm glad you convinced me. It's been a journey. That's for sure.
1: It has. So let's, uh, let's maybe take a minute there. I think people might be interested to know what, what it's like being married to, a writer, someone who's self-employed, a creator, I haven't always been, you know, a full-time writer and creator, but for the last, oh, 15 years or so, that's been the case. What is that like from your perspective?
2: I think probably the, the biggest thing that for me, and of course, this is probably different for, you know, for all the myriad of people who are married to creative people, artistic people, you know, I mean, they kind of all go into the same category, but I think that people who think with that creative artistic brain, the people who don't necessarily, or their, their other half, their spouse, has to allow them to live in two worlds. They have the world they live in where they create, and then they have reality, the world that we you know we have to deal with on a daily basis and I don't mean that to sound crazy because it's not they are two different worlds but they different things happen in those worlds and when you have when you're married to somebody who is creative or artistic um, they need that space to be able to to create and um, to grow and to find their inspiration whatever that that next thing is. and uh, it takes a while to figure out how to navigate that when you're when you're not a person who is creative or artistic on that level. I mean, I think we all have a little bit of creativity in us, being, you know, children of our heavenly Father. We all have some creative nature in us, but there is a difference between somebody who whose mind and brain is constantly thinking, and coming up with ideas and you know or, or seeing pictures they want to paint or or writing books or sculpting or you know whatever it might be and you just have to you have to allow them to have that space
1: yeah I remember um, probably I, I don't know seven or eight years ago I, I think I was in the process of of writing the 17second miracle I'd escape for a few days um, up to a a friend's place in West Virginia to write kind of in the mountains. And I'd I'd come home and I remember sitting at the dinner table and, you know, kind of we'd reconnected and we're laughing and kind of having a good time. And then my brain went back to this manuscript that I wasn't quite done with and that I had still a question or two about some pretty important plot points that I was still trying to work through kind of in the closing act of that book. And, um, and I remember later that night you were explaining and I think to Oakley, our oldest who at the time would have been you know like a sophomore junior in high school that sometimes it looked like I was in the room but my mind was someplace else and that you could just tell when that would happen and I would kind of disappear for a minute even though everyone could see me at the other end of the table uh, my my brain was writing or researching or imagining, or problem solving. And I think that's true of every writer in particular that I've met, since that's the circle that I most run in. They'll they'll tell me that they'll be on airplanes, wide awake, writing in their head, imagining problem solving, world building um, on that manuscript that they're working so hard on. And even without a pen or pencil or a, a laptop in front of them. And then all of a sudden they'll feel the plane touch down and they'll go, wait a minute, it's been two hours and I've just been in my head creating. So um, my hat's off to you because I can't imagine being married to somebody like me. I'm (laughs) glad it's you that's married to me and not me that's married to me for a lot of reasons. Um, I travel a lot. People that have followed the family and me know that's true less over this last year because of the pandemic, but there have been times when I have been just go, go, go doing school assemblies and in corporate and church events around the country. Uh, what has that been like to to sort of feel like, um, I don't know, like a single mom sometimes for long stretches of time because you do it extraordinarily well.
2: Well, thanks. There are probably times where our kids would beg to differ with you on that, but <laughs> um, it's, I think it's, I don't know for me it's just something that I do this is our life this is your livelihood you know this is how this is how we survive the journey that we're on and you just step in and you take care of the things that need to be taken care of you know I, I in my mind I would think of you being on a trip and I would think well does he really need to know that you know the washer broke do I just go get a new washer and take care of it I I would just always think the less things I had to muddle up your mind with, the more free you were to be able to take care of the things you were taking care of while you were traveling. That doesn't mean that, you know, you weren't greatly missed and, you know, would have been nice to have been able to share some of the trials that, you know, came. Although I will say we were, have been incredibly blessed. We have not had any major trials that have happened when we have been separated, except maybe once, maybe twice, you know, and in all the times traveling, I think that's, those are pretty good odds as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, you know, our, our kids were very good at going with the flow. We were never, we never had a strict schedule. Our kids learned that at a drop of a hat, we may have to jump in the car and go somewhere, you know, that didn't always mesh and flow with their personalities, but they learned how to adapt and flow with change. And I think I think it was probably a blessing and a benefit to them as well to have those experiences growing up.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think, again, people who have followed the family on social media and have seen many of the adventures that the kids have had, um, mostly at our sides, would say that they've had a pretty unique Journey of their own that has largely been a product of, of you know, my career choice um, to some degree. Your career choice as a creative and a photographer, and though it has been challenging at times, having perhaps having me gone for a while and you know swooping back into town and trying to catch up, I, I suspect our kids probably wouldn't do it any differently. I think that they've, for the most part, enjoyed the journey that they've been on, and you really are the reason that so much in our family works and and the good things that have come um, out of my career, out of out of our kids, the things that they have been able to learn to create and produce, so much of that can be easily tethered back to your influence in their life as a as a mother. If you had to think of going back to your birthday, the single greatest lesson that you have learned over the last fifty years, if you just if you had to teach one more class, what would it be?
2: I think for me, it would probably be that you always have the time to take to be kind, to be helpful, to take the extra 10 minutes it might take to do something for someone who just needed to be seen, needed to be known. I think sometimes our life gets really busy. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, a young mother with you know, young kids, I would often feel unseen in the world because it was just such a bustle of running here and running there and doing this and doing that. And we've got to get all of this done within a day and this time frame. And I wouldn't necessarily say, I feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities, but as I've gotten older and my kids are growing up and, you know, my life isn't full of the bustle of little children running around I do notice more of what's going on outside of my general world of, you know, kids and home and husband. And I just see that the world is in great need of us all opening our eyes and having compassion and empathy and a kind word for somebody who may just need to be seen.
1: So the name of this podcast, Right Where You Are. Actually, came after we put a call out on social media and said, Give us your ideas. And we had hundreds and hundreds of really fantastic ideas. I think 25 people must have suggested the right stuff, which was pretty fantastic. But ultimately, it was JD, our second oldest daughter, 22 year old out in Provo, Utah, who on our family group thread that every family has suggested, Right Where You Are. And she gave her own reasoning for why that made sense. But I would be curious if you had to answer that question, what does what does right where you are mean to you if you had to define the theme of this podcast going forward for people?
2: For me, right where you are means doing what the Lord needs me to do right where I am. And that's going to be different for every person. It isn't going to be the same even for the a person standing in the same space as me. The Lord has things that each of us need to do. And he is going to reach out to us. And if we are listening and we're prepared to do it, then we're going to have the opportunity to do those things. So for me, that's probably the biggest thing is listening and acting on those things I feel I'm supposed to do right where I am, instead of seeking and looking for something different than the space that I'm in. The Lord has put me where I'm at for a reason. And I need to be willing to let him tell me what it is I need to do while I'm there.
1: I like that a lot. And I think that ties in pretty well with, with JD's initial um, thinking on that suggestion that it, we're all, we're all in different places and frankly, it doesn't matter because God will meet us wherever we are and use us. However he can. Um, And he can use every single one of us. So if you had to tell us the one thing that would be most important for people to know about you and your journey through life is one thing. If listeners forget everything we've talked about today, but they only remember the one thing, what's that one thing?
2: Well, to put it really bluntly, we can't get through this life without our savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, we literally will not make it through this journey with its ups and its downs and its sideways movements and it's lurching forward, lurching backward without the savior, without the atonement, without building a relationship with him. I mean, Christ is my oldest friend and he's my best friend. He's the only one that truly knows me and everything about me. And he's the only one that can help me change the things I want to change to become better and more Christ-like and more empathetic and more compassionate and more helpful and more of all the things that we desire to be. For me, that would be it. You have to trust and have faith in what he's already done for us and utilize that in your life as you go forward.
1: Well, I cannot imagine a more important thing for anyone to know about anyone. And knowing you as I do, I know how true that answer is for you. And if someone asked me that same question, what's the one thing about Cody Wright that she would want the world to know about her journey, I couldn't have said it as well. But I would have articulated approximately the very same thing, uh, that he, Christ, is the, the center of your life. I love how you refer to him as your oldest and best friend, and I think that is the kind of relationship that we could all aspire to have with him. Thank you for sharing your birthday with us, for being the very first guest on Right Where You Are. Again, I just knew That if i was going to do this and do it right that the world needed to meet the reason that so much works in my life in our families' lives and being married to cody wright is a whole lot more important to me more valuable to me more lasting to me than any book any movie any bestseller list i would quite literally give up everything everything for you. You are, you are the reason that I'm here. And the reason that I wake up in the morning, hoping to be a little bit better, a little bit more deserving. um, And a little bit more like you. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to take this little experiment with us today. I look forward in future episodes to introducing you to of the rest of the right gang, all of whom you've seen at some point online in a lip-sync video or in one of my columns that have been published over the years. You'll also meet some of my professional friends, editors and publishers and agents, people that I've worked with through the years, and you'll meet some of the people that I have written about in the past, but perhaps you haven't had an opportunity to hear the rest of their story. And so I look forward to sharing some of those inspiring stories with you in the week's ahead. Thanks again, Cody, for joining us. That is it for this week in the debut episode of Right Where You Are.
0: Thank you for joining us on Right Where You Are. For more information about Jason and his projects, visit him online at jasonfright.com or on social media at facebook.com slash jfwbooks or on Instagram at jasonfright. And be sure to subscribe to Right Where You Are wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Wright Media Productions. Copyright 2021 by Jason F. Wright. All rights reserved.